Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Mastercraft Podcast, episode number five. Thank you for listening and coming back. This podcast is dedicated to exploring masters in building, creating, thinking, and doing. Today's episode features Kristen Mitchell Delaney of Cam Jewelry. Kristen is the brain and the brawn behind this jewelry design company. Over the course of the episode, we talk about practices and rituals and their importance and effect on outcomes in art and business. Be sure and check out Kristen on social media. Her jewelry is art and well worth a look. As always, get a hold of me on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook after you listen and enjoy the show. Here we go. We'll start recording and then we can go from there. Okay. But yeah, uh, it's, it, it's dependent on how much, <laughs> how much you want people to know about you or yeah. your process or... I mean, I started that YouTube channel so that people would know a ton about it, you know? Yeah. I've been doing, like, daily videos of uh, just everything I do all day. That's fantastic. Just to kind of put it out there. That's really cool. It's it's neat that we're in a place where we can provide all of that content. Right? Uh, At, like, no cost to us, just time. Instantly. Yeah. Immediate content is really cool. Uh... Did you want to uh, try some whiskey stuff first? Did you want to try some tequila stuff first? What, what do you you're the like? you're the head honcho here. <laughs> let's uh, let's let's break into the tequila. Uh, have you used one of these glasses before? I have no idea what that is. Okay, cool. Uh, these are Glencairn glasses. Okay. Uh, they're a I'm recording this just because this is yeah yeah. They're a, a traditionally a Scotch whiskey glass. Uh, Those are Scottish yeah. classes? Okay. But I find they're useful for any spirit that you want to actually appreciate and, and taste. Oh. Uh, mm-hmm. So they're based off of what's called a copita nosing glass, which is what uh, distillers and blenders use as the whiskey is aging. They'll have a small cork that they'll release from the barrel, and they'll pour some out, and they'll see clarity, they'll test for uh, various scents, and then they'll taste. And it's kind of like a a flute, uh, you'll notice, and then the bottom's a fishbowl, so it concentrates it into the nose. So you bring it up to nose it, yeah, and you get like that really pompous sniff. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, and it's it, it's clearly not a glass designed to uh, chug or or pound. Okay, it's, it's that whole so like college Kristen should probably yeah love that something. she should yeah. definitely okay. check back. <laughs> uh, and cheers. Cheers. Thanks yeah. for bringing this. No worries. Okay, so. Oh, that smells nice. That is lovely. Should I be concerned that I have a cold and I just put my nose in it? No, go for it. It's, this will make the cold better. That's, what I, was, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, it'll open you up a bit. That's really good. Yeah, this is, oh, that's, that's excellent. I haven't had this before. This is a recommendation from uh, a friend of mine who's in my whiskey club. Oh, you're like, we'll try to bring someone that doesn't know, doesn't really do whiskey. Yeah, he's a, he's a tequila drinker and he... I met him through a friend who's also in the club. I love that you're in a whiskey club. I started. You started a whiskey yeah. club? Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Like, uh, I think the story is in almost every podcast. Or what do we call it? What do we call this? A snifter? This is a Glen Cairn glass. Glen, I really messed up on that. Glen. <laughs> Glen Cairn. G L E N. G L E N. C A I R N. C I. C A I R N. A I R N. That's the name of the company. It's a Scottish company. And uh, there really is no better glass out there right now. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple of glasses that they're working on, different companies, startups, Kickstarters, that are working on kind of a more
more sociable glass because okay. just the look of this glass alone kind of like, puts me away this? from it. What yeah. is it? And there's no real way to hold it and make eye contact when you're drinking as well because oh. it kind of forces you to be up like this. So there's a company that essentially has taken a very similar shape and put it inside of a round tumbler. Oh, so okay. It, your hand won't heat it while it's holding it. Right. And it's got the kind of like the stemless red wine glasses. So it holds onto that. Amazing. And, uh, and you can do that, which I haven't tried yet. It's kind of a, it's like a $35 investment to try a new glass, but. $35. Right? I know. Um, uh, yeah, oh, Whiskey Club. Whiskey Club. I, uh, I'm looking up how to live stream this while we talk about Whiskey Club. Oh, cool. Yeah, so when I was living in Venice, this mm -hmm. is 26, 25, uh, I had an older colleague who's a mentor of mine who I lived with, uh, I stayed with, he and his wife, and they, they left Venice to the marina, and I clearly could no longer stay with them. Mm -hmm. So he gave me a book, and it was Ian Buxton's 101 Whiskeys Tried Before You Die. Oh, okay. Uh, and it's really cool. It's a great book that is worth the worth the purchase. It's like a 10 to $20 book, and it is uh, an unbiased look at whiskeys that are just good based on their own merits. There's no order outside of it being alphabetical order, so there's no ranking oh. system. It's kind of just, this is interesting, this is good, here's why, check it out. Okay. Uh, and he has no agenda. He's one of the top whiskey writers in the world. He just kind of wants people to enjoy and try more whiskey. So friends and I got together, Thanksgiving coming up a little over three years ago, and we brought uh, we, we that's okay. We we each brought a whiskey from the book, and we were like, "Well, this is fantastic." But uh, we realized that we couldn't go through the book solo because we would have no kidney or liver and no money. Left, no money, yeah, right? no bank account. Yeah. <laughs> so we've been meeting once a month ever since. Wow, and, and gone, doing it that way. Yeah, we've gone through. Uh, I guess. Over over 180 whiskeys in the last three years. This is a club, nice. and then individually we've also gone around. Like I've gone to Scotland and uh, checked out various distilleries and had some fun with that. Nice. So yeah, and you meet really interesting people. Oh, I'm sure. You know, uh, it's a great icebreaker too. That's why I usually have a spirit because people tend to open up a little more. Well, you and think. Yeah, right. And it's really easy. It's like, hey, uh, I would love to come talk with you. I'll bring the drinks. Exactly. And people usually don't decline. Billy, come so, try this. Can it's really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Billy, come here. Look at this cool glass you brought. It's called a Glen Glen Glencairn. Glen yeah. Glen it's, like, it's like a snifter of tequila. Oh, nice. I didn't see really So good. you hold like that and you want to, exactly, just like that. And you give it a good nose and then you step back and you can even do it again, kind of appreciate the aroma. The, and then when you you go to drink, it's it's a sip, and you kind of want to use it like a little bit of mouthwash. <laughs> Forward, back, side, side, and then let it slowly go down. And it really allows you to get a concentrated feel for what's in there. seven minutes in and I haven't talked about you at all. That's okay. So, so it's time, okay. It's, it's I'm time like to, over here trying to Google out of live stream. It's time, it's time to talk to you. Uh, tell us about yourself. In, um, introduce yourself the way you want to be introduced. This is, this is a introduce myself? Yeah. Oh gosh. Okay. 
who who are you? Uh, here's a good way. Who are you? What do you do for fun? And what do you do for work? And they don't have to be separate. Okay, so I'm Kristen Delaney, and I'm from Minneapolis, Minnesota. I think I love. I think that's like one of my first things I always say. Dig it. Because I love being from Minnesota. Because no one knows anything about it, and no one really cares. Really, not across. It's okay. Hi, sweetie. One of the cutest dogs on the planet. Hi. You might have to take off your jangles. Yeah. Because there's gonna be jangles all over this. I love it. Eyes. Um. Okay. So. Yeah, I think that's the first thing I always say okay. about myself. What do I do for work? Yeah. Hobbies. Hobbies, fun. Okay, fun in general. Yeah. Um, yeah, my work also started out as a hobby, as a jewelry designer. Um, and yeah, she's gone up here if you want. So yeah, that actually started out as a hobby from okay. like when I was little. And was, I think just art in general is like a passion of mine because I do so many t different types of it. My yeah. goal kind of like leaving college and being uh, having a major in studio art, which is like, oh cool, I'm a professional basket weaver. Like, <laughs> like, like pick a less lucrative degree, like that means anything, right? <laughs> and so I was like, how could I have a job doing art in some way, but that I could actually like live off of? Of course. And I think that's like every artist's struggle and dream, no, right? and dream, yeah. Um, so, uh, but outside of like all things like artistic and jewelry related, huge outdoors person, like love being in our garden that's outside, love, you know, surfing, surfing with you is a blast. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I love trying new hobbies. I'm a, I love hobbies. Yeah. I so many. <laughs> I, I met you at a CrossFit gym, you know? Yeah, exactly. Another hobby. Anything like physical physical activity. Yeah, anytime you can actually, I feel like if you can sweat while doing it, it's probably gonna be fun. Mm -hmm. Probably doesn't always yeah. mean it's the case, but true. And I'll do stuff like, um, what did it was our friend Rainy? Like I decided to join a pottery studio and did that for a few months with him. And like nice, I didn't know you did that. Yeah, so I I in high school throwing pottery was like what my AP major, I guess Lucy was. Um, Very cool. I've done it once and it was a shit show. Yeah, it it's hard. It's so difficult. Right? It's so it's hard. So, and it was so easy to get incredibly frustrated. Oh, yeah. Rapidly. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you have so to be, it has to be like a Zen meditation. Yeah, fully. And it's not, that's not my Zen. No. It's not my Zen. No. I, I do woodworking as a hobby. Mm, and that's, okay. that's definitely more my speed. Uh, it's a more, for me at least, a more calculated approach. There's yes, there's measuring. More planned out. There's measuring. Right. There's numbers. There's a plan. I made one thing once, and it took so much measuring. And I was like, good. Right? One thing. Yeah, one thing. Yeah. It takes forever. Yep. Yeah. I do as little like math and measuring as possible. Look at something that's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. It's really you'll cool. notice it's, uh, there's never a good amount of math in it, and if there is, it's not me doing it. So. Uh, so, can you tell me a little bit about your jewelry and how you came to? I mean, you told me why you like it, but yeah. how, how did you come to that? How, so what, how, I, how did you decide, and what inspired you? Yeah, how I came to it was I did, like, straight out of college. I think for a lot of, like, artists, they're like, okay, advertising, I'll do that. And, like, all my internships had been in advertising, so I worked for Fallon Worldwide, and I worked on Volvo. But I 
was an account manager and like sitting at a desk and I lasted one year and one day. Wow. Yeah, so it was big. My mom was like, you have to do it one year. So I did in one day and then I quit that day. Nice. Um, and then from there I went into wardrobe styling. So I did fashion, um, like photo shoots and magazines, but then I also did personal wardrobe styling. So like reorganizing someone's closet, do a shopping list for that season, whatever. That's exciting. Yeah, I can. I don't have, what's a good way to say this? It doesn't make me sound like a dick, but it's like, I no, don't have, I, do I don't have the people pleasing skills to do the personal shopping thing. My sister, mm -hmm. Tiff, Tiffany Wendell plug, <laughs> I don't know where I'm looking right you now. Can, you can plug her as um, Yeah, she is great at like the customer service of it and like dealing with people's questions. At some point, I'm just like, you need to stop asking stupid questions because I can't deal. <laughs> so that that job, it was good, but unless you're doing all personal stand, there's not a ton of money because magazines just want stuff for free and a lot of people want stuff. For free. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So they want the, fun, the all the fun creative shoots that you would want to do as a stylist. I mean, five percent of people are getting paid for that. Yeah, for that. it's for the exposure. Yeah, ex everything's <laughs> for exposure. Everything's for exposure. Um, so, being in a small market like Boston as a stylist, you have very, you can't pull from a lot of places because the stores don't get, you know, a run of 10 of something, they get like three. And so it was really hard to pull some of like the kookier, fun things from like a Barney's or a, a major retailer because they just didn't, you know. Yeah, small market. Yeah, smaller market and they were like, why? So I ended up making a ton of things. And I made jewelry wow. and I made like crazy pieces and then that's kind of where the jewelry came was out of that. Because I never really saw like jewelry as a career. Like I've been making friendship bracelets and hemp necklaces of since course. I was little, but who hadn't? So um, it wasn't until then that I started doing jewelry. Very cool. And yeah. then, so where in the timeline did that kind of begin and then you came out here? Yeah, so that began, oh God, I don't even know what year, but I, <coughs> what, I think we moved here, it's 2016. Yeah. I think we moved here in what, 2013 maybe? Yeah. Around that time, right? I like end of the right. year, 2013? Yeah, came to Dogtown right away, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so 2013, I probably moved out here. Oh, Tiffany's party has been top on that, but okay. I'll, I'll talk and do that Go at the it. same time. Um, but I actually worked for Lululemon on and off. Okay. Yeah. In between, because I was like, well, I want to do this. There we go. Um, I was like, I want to do jewelry, but frankly, I knew I was going to fit them at that time. Yeah. I was like, I should just <coughs> chill and making my own stuff until after school and save some money. And Lululemon was a job I had done before, and it's fun, and it's easy, and I like the girls, and whatever else. So... Cool. All of that was good. And then uh, when you went to Fitham, yeah. uh, you already had been to school. <coughs> yes. What 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 did Fitham provide you? What did it what did Do it, I have to say that? You don't have to. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just kidding. I don't know. Um, no, it did. It provided, for me personally, it provided like a jumping off platform mm -hmm. and an introduction to the jewelry business in LA. Okay. Um, because it's a mix of girls and guys that this is like their college. And I was, I wasn't one of the 
I wasn't the oldest one, but I was on the older side for that crew. I can imagine. Yeah, um, and I kind of had done all of that, and so I got bored very quickly, and I knew I wasn't gonna do, like I started out doing bench jewelry, mm -hmm. and I loved to know how to do bench jewelry, but um, I needed more, I guess more business guidance than the, than the program kind of provided. And this was more actual creation. It was a lot of, yeah, it was a lot of, um, yeah, it was a lot of like, here's a, here's the customer you're targeting towards, here's your budget, that kind of stuff. It was a lot of what I did as an art major. Okay. And then like going through critiques and that kind of stuff. And, and it, it's some, it's, there's something to be said to learn how to go through an artistic critique. Um, but I had spent four years doing that. So yeah. I was like, I was a little bored, yeah. Something different, for sure. Yeah, where like girls are like crying in the corner because they're like devastated that the critique didn't go well. Oh no! Like mine probably didn't go well either, but that—that's how our like that's how critiques that's work. The life. That's that is it. It's a subjective grade. Yeah. Yeah. All so right. Fidem, Fidem provided like a great, a great jumping off point. Okay. Yeah, and I started my business halfway through my program. And how how long was this program? Fifteen months. Fifteen. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then, when you started your, I mean, it's an, it's a different. What? How did you, you started a business? Yeah. How, how does that How does that work for people who haven't started a business? Yeah. So luckily, this is like my second time around. Yeah. Although it is a new state, in California, it is particularly tricky with starting your own business. I don't know if the other people you've interviewed have felt that way, but there's a lot of like different rules, and taxes, and I'm paying taxes to like six different entities that I don't even know what they do. Really? And I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan of like, I don't, not a fan of paying taxes, but I don't like gripe about it, but I don't understand. That's the one tricky part about starting a business in California. Um, so I had to like get some lawyers involved to like help me set it up of properly. Course. I think like with jewelry, the first thing I did was get like a wholesale license. <coughs> you get your like tax ID and yeah, there's, a, there's a bunch of hoops and hurdles. That yeah. Happen. Everybody I've spoken to so far has been California native, so it's just oh, okay. it's all they've known. It's all they've known, yeah. Well, either California native or started their business in California, hadn't started a business elsewhere. Yeah. In Boston, you just go to City Hall and fill out one sheet of paper. That's a lot easier. And then you have the business. Yeah. When I was 18, I started a business, and I, it took me like three months. Yeah. Because I, I, I was 18. I didn't know yeah. what I was doing. And yeah, getting the business license, the tax ID, all that. Yeah. That's like the biggest hurdle. And everyone's like all worried about like their website. And it's like, dude, just take like the first three months to make sure that all of your like legal whatnot is in order. And then worry about their website. <laughs> everyone always wants to do the sparkly fun well, stuff first. I mean, that's, that's a lot of what gets people caught up too is, you know, yeah. after you know all this content, after you get all this content, yeah. you don't have any framework and then it all falls down the content doesn't matter anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. And no matter how well you set it up, I think you you still have so many pitfalls, which is what I still find as a business owner is like my books never feel straight enough. Like nothing ever feels organized enough. So I'm glad I took those first few months to like get it as in order as I possibly could that I knew how. So that's always my first thing so to people. When when you you make sense of jewelry, description on the air is not going to do it justice. So. I'm gonna, uh, I'll, I'll pull pictures from there. Okay, thanks. <laughs> uh, and I, so each, each audio bit comes with a blog. Oh, okay, so great. So there'll be a blog, there'll be photos. Yeah. Uh, we can link some of your video in, et cetera. Amazing. Uh, 
very specific style. I do. And yeah. uh, I love it. Thank you. What brought you to that style? you want to describe it a little bit? What draws you to that it's style? It's so funny. It's like I get that question all the time, but like, I don't know if, if any of the other artists you interviewed felt this way, but like, it literally just shows up one day. Like, the idea just shows up as if, like... It's been across the board, so it's cool to hear. Okay, so that is other this, people have said that? Uh, yeah, some, some, some have been like, you know, it's, this is what I was going to do. I was going to do this, or, and, and then once that stopped, I knew I was going to do something else. Yeah. You know, they either had that very methodical plan, or uh, they were like, I was producing content and didn't have an idea until uh, I failed like three or four times. And that, yeah. so it's, the nice thing about creative individuals is the one thing that's consistent is inconsistency. Oh, that, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know, there is there is no recipe for creation. No, there there's isn't. not. So whenever, like, the one, you listen to as many podcasts or as many blogs, but when people try and give you advice on being creative, I always laugh at it. Totally. Not that it's not valuable. It's no. valuable because you get to hear someone else's story. Totally. But to try and base your experience and how you're going to produce something on someone else. You have a completely, you, don't, you didn't start where they started, you don't have the life experience they have, it's just different. And people have a difficult time separating that difference. Yeah. So it's, it's been across the board, it's been totally different. So yours was just, it just hit you. Yeah, it just like shows up. And it's, it's really cool. It's, it's sometimes annoying because you're like, people be like, oh, what's this piece about? And I honestly, I try to like pull meanings from it the same way everyone else tries to. Like, I look at it, I'm like, well, to me that means, like, you know, mind-body-soul connection or, you know, whatever else hoopla I decide to come yeah. up with. But it, it really does, like, just, just kind of show up. But I think the trick is you have to make space for it. Okay. Like, if you're constantly, like, busying yourself and, like, not escapism, but, like, just not taking an inward look, it doesn't really show up. Yeah. And I don't know if other creatives feel that way, but it's, you have to make, you know, a lot of people say like meditation or whatever else, but I think you have to just make the mental space for it. I feel like people that constantly worry and do all that kind of stuff, feel like they're not creative because there's no room for it. You, do, you definitely have to make it. It's, yeah. Uh, for about a year now, I've been meditating. And it's game changer, right? It's a it's a total game changer, and it's one of those things that you until you have it, you don't know that you're missing out. Right. Uh, and so this this podcast kind of started when I started the club. Mm -hmm. uh, in that, one of my friends and I did just the most god awful series of videos. We did about two or three videos that are, exist somewhere online, I'm sure, and eventually I'll link to them. They're we're so pretentious and we're hammered. <laughs> really? Yeah, we're we're just it's we're we're we're, we're kind of doing like a, a tasting. Yeah. Just he and I, but we're not accounting for the fact that it's two people instead of six, so more whiskey is drunk. Yeah, we're we're getting we're 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 drinking what five people would, but it's just the two of us, oh and it's in a super condensed period of time, and it just it's just terrible. Like I I went back and watched it. I think like three or four months ago, and I cringed the whole time. I can't believe that was me. But I didn't, I just knew I wanted to do something. I didn't know what it was. Yeah. And I kept on trying to force something. Mm -hmm. And there were like small bits that were like, oh, that's really cool. That, that will work for something yeah. in the future. But I kept on trying to force these things and <laughs> really clicked. And it wasn't until 
it's not, nobody does. Yeah, but I mean, I don't want to. Like, I don't want to build it to yeah. seem like you know. Oh, what's my life going to look? Yeah. It's once I started taking the time to really reflect on where I was mm -hmm. and where I am, and then really also stop measuring myself against others in the way, in the competitive way that I was. That's the death of creativity. It really is. Truly is. Yeah. yeah. You can't. You can't measure yourself. Because then you start forcing it. You're like. Oh, she's making this necklace. Well, I can make it better in a different way. Well, that's not my idea. That's not exactly. that's not native to me. Yeah. So, I could make a replica of that person's necklace in a better way, maybe. Yeah. This but it's is, never really gonna work. It's been a work in progress. Yeah. Ever since, and one day it kind of just clicked. It's like, oh, well, this this is the idea that I should have had three years ago. Mm -hmm. And you're right. It just kind of. It, it was, but it, it just happened slowly over three years. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, one night everything kind of aligned, and then I had a conversation with one of my accountant buddies. Uh, we had a series of friends who keep each other accountable for projects that we set, you know. So it's just it's that extra bit of support. Mm -hmm. uh, and I I texted him like, hey, uh, I'm going to do a podcast instead, and here's the here's the basis. And he was like, cool. Uh, in a week, I expect a screenshot of a URL purchased. Oh, I love it. Yeah, That's so, so my jam. Yeah, and so a week, within that week, we actually had coffee. We went, to the, we went to work out together, and then that morning, we were like, oh, uh, he, he did not like the original names that I had. And there was like six or seven different names. Mm -hmm. And we were having a conversation about something completely unrelated. And he goes, I think we just found your name. And I was like, oh, cool. I'm going to go buy the URL right now. So I yeah. that phone, I bought it, and I sent him an email. Hey. One week, perfect. It lined yeah. up perfectly. But yeah, it's it's always interesting to find out where people are coming from and what brings them there. I think a lot of times with me too, it's like like you did also with your video. It's making that first step that you know is going to be so bad. Like with all the YouTube videos I'm doing, I can hardly watch them. Like I have Billy like listen to it, and I have to like go in the other room. Like I can't even deal with the fact that they're out there. But it's taking that step in order to allow yourself to improve. Right? The first thing you put out there is not going to be. No, it's not. It's going to be so gross. It's gonna be <laughs> shit. Well, that's the, I listened. I listened to the audio of the first podcast, and I'm like, man, I really would like to go back and do that one again. But the content that the guest has is phenomenal. Yeah. I am so critical. Yeah. Of, like I'm obsessed critical. I've listened. I'm like, can I just edit myself out and have his? But you know, but clearly, I, I just have to accept that. That is where I am, and no matter what, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna get better at this. Yeah, that's you know, I'll get, I'll get better at it, or I'll stop. And yeah, exactly. Things, you know. But so that's, I mean, that's kind of the long and short of it. Like how I get my ideas, and I try to, I keep like a bank because you don't know when they're gonna show up, kind of. And so, you know, do the little things, or a lot of times my stuff happens just writing words. Nice. Because. I'm not a great like drawing artist. That's mm -hmm. like the one thing I don't really do. I wouldn't have expected that. Yeah, drawing is not even remotely my forte. Wow. Yeah, like even my sketchbook is mainly words. It's no notes, way. like to do lists. Oh wow. Yeah. I wish I was. I, I wouldn't have. Uh, yeah. Your your stuff is. I mean, clearly all of the pieces you make are something that are meant to be seen. Yeah. So I just there was an assumption that. I'd even rather do it like it. in Photoshop on the computer. Like put different things together. So um, I'll write little words about like, okay, triangle on the left or right and circle in the middle or something like that. Stone setting in the middle. Um, and then I go back 
to it once it's time to create a collection and then try to make it all fit together in a cohesive way. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, so with your with your pieces, I, I understand or I, I get the idea that they kind of just come. Yep. Uh, when you're curating the collection, yep. How how does that differ? How does that work? Because there's is there an intent to create a collection, or does each piece come individually, and then you figure out if there's a common theme and then put them together? How does how does that work? Yeah. So like a lot of designers. I've noticed like come up with a theme first and then they design based on the theme, but that's like, it feels really limiting to me. It feels like if I, my theme is friends, like it's too, it's too closed in. So I just pick like my top 10 designs like that I feel like are good. Mm -hmm. And then I try to do branching off of that. Like how do I make it into a ring? How do I make it into an earring? How do I make it into a necklace? Okay. So that kind of flushes it out more to make it look more cohesive. Otherwise, I end up with like 10 necklaces and two rings and like not, it's all jumbled. Got it. Yeah. And so you're producing a lot of content right now. Yeah. And that's really cool. Uh, what's that been? I mean. Really exposing. It's <laughs> 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 so vulnerable, <laughs> to be honest. Um, Especially the video stuff. Like, whatever, Missy came over <laughs> yesterday. <coughs> and I made her go into the backyard while I filmed my first video, like, which is out in the front yard. I like, wouldn't even let her anywhere near me. But at the same time, how many people are going to view that video? Well, hopefully they right, right now, like, zero. Well, but, like, the no, idea is, the idea is more. The world, but your best friend, what are your best friends? Yeah. You're in the same room. Yep. I love that. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I'm I mean, surprised I told like Billy to subscribe to the channel and whatever else. Instagram I'm more comfortable with. Snapchat I'm better with now. I think like nine yeah. of my colleagues at work now follow your Instagram. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> I, I left it open on the uh, on the iPad at work the other day. Oh my god. And I work at preschool, and there are right now is like wedding fever. Mm. All of our mm -hmm. teachers, are, like one got married. My, my colleague got married a month ago, and then there's another wedding this weekend, and there was there's another wedding in another two months. Like, it, it all kind of, yeah. you know, it, they go, it ceases. <laughs> like, they all got boyfriends like a year and a half, two years ago, yep. and now they're all getting married. Exactly. Uh, and sure enough, in the next year or two, it's gonna be a bunch of babies. Yeah. Uh, but I left, uh, I was, you can see what other classes, because it's all one uh, cloud. So you can see what everyone else, one network, so you can see what everyone else is looking at. Oh, uh, and I mean, it's all safe for work stuff, you know? Right, just, right. Uh, but sometimes you'll get ideas based on themes that were, like for lesson planning and curriculum, like you're like, oh, I wonder what they're working on this yeah. time of year. Uh, and I guess I had, I had, clearly I had left your Instagram. <laughs> and uh, I saw it open, I went onto the network and I saw six other iPads that were all on the same. We're checking it out. Yeah. God, I haven't stuff. put like God, I haven't put like a naked woman up in a while, so if they'd have to scroll way back, <laughs> so hopefully we're still good. I'm sure you are. Yeah. I, I, they're all, you know, in the twenties to thirties, so it wouldn't really it wouldn't throw them off, don't worry. Well, and it's gonna throw someone off, then that's their problem. That is their problem. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not like you're you are you are putting out art. Yeah. Get yeah. cool with it. I mean some of it's just picture of a booty, but that's... Just a butt and just a, a ring, butt. right? Yeah. Like a butt exactly. and a necklace. Usually there's not even a ring in sight. <laughs> um, He's wearing it, it's just yeah, off, it's it's somewhere, off ring. Somewhere 
home and um, it's, it's been interesting. I'm glad I'm putting out more content. Yeah. I feel like it's a good outlet, but it's a uh, yeah. off. That's, that's the thing I'm noticing is that you get in these conversations, the nice, the nice part that I've found about these conversations is, one, the booze helps. Yeah, you know, you, you get a little loose. Yeah. Uh, and these conversations, because it's coming from a place of creativity and it's kind of an organic, less structured affair, uh, you tell stories that are revealing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the idea essentially is people you've never met before are going to know these weird personal things about you. Yeah. Uh, and then to kind of just sit and reflect on it afterwards is like, man, I told that story. Yeah. So, you know. Like I'm telling my struggles with work or I'm telling like, yeah, telling what problems I'm having with different manufacturers. Not like, by not like throwing people under the bus, but like trying to show other people that either I'm doing jewelry or other entrepreneurs that like everyone's struggling day to day. Yeah. You know, some maybe less than others like financially or exposure wise, but like everyone thinks being an entrepreneur is like super fun and super easy because you can work whenever you want and you can do it. Working whenever you want actually <laughs> means you work all the time. Because if you don't, you make no money. Yeah, or you're making no progress. You're not moving the needle any. You're not like moving forward. Yeah, you're entirely responsible. Yeah. So like, it's am I sick right now? Yeah, I've been <laughs> sick for like three days, but it doesn't mean that I don't go downtown and like do all of my meetings because there's no one else to do them. My intern isn't even here this week. Like, I've had no help. So, you gotta, you gotta do it all. Yeah. I think uh, there are a few people whose social media presence I really appreciate mm -hmm. and enjoy interacting with, and one of them is, for me, uh, The Rock. Oh my god, Billy loves The Rock. Dude. I don't know why I don't follow him. I should follow you him. Should. He's so positive. He does it all himself. It's all, he doesn't have an intern running it. He doesn't have, it is, 100, in the Rolling Stone interview, I think, or Esquire, they asked him about it because it's really successful. He has a lot of followers and he puts out a lot of content. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, no, I, why would I hire someone else to do that? This is my actual opportunity to interface with the people that I wouldn't yeah. want me. Yeah. If I'm not giving them me, my ups and downs, then I'm not doing it the way it should totally. be done. And some of his posts are really revealing. And really? He has millions of followers. He has. He has a lot That's of people awesome. looking at what he's doing, and yeah, he's super positive. Uh, he's struggling. Billy says he's like the happiest guy. Yeah, he's. I mean, it, it takes someone <coughs> who has struggled with depression to. Oh yeah, really? Yeah. Uh, I can't recall if it's Rolling Stone or, or <coughs> Esquire or GQ that did an expose, like a you know a centerfold mm -hmm. thing on him, and uh, yeah, I mean he he essentially was on welfare. He has a single mom and. You know they were evicted from their house, and it's kind of a reflection on where he was, never being there again. That's yeah. Why he worked so hard. Yeah. And then even when he was successful, he got to a really dark place, mm -hmm. and you know, every day works to get out of that dark place yeah. uh, because it doesn't go away. No. It just is more. You're more successful and easier to get away from it when you're pushing forward and being positive and absolutely and putting that kind of stuff out there. So it's he's worth a follow. I will today. There, there are very few people That's that are true. that type of like action movie TV stars that I'm like, I want to hear what they have to say. Yeah. But yeah, he's he's definitely one of them. I'm into it. Uh, as far as inspiration to you, mm -hmm. 
are there, I'm sure there aren't, but I guess which, uh, which people or places give you the, uh, do you look to? Like as, uh, not necessarily a role model or as a role model. Yeah. Uh, you know, photographers, musicians, etc. What what mm -hmm. kind of drives you? What do you what do you use to to get your mojo going? Let's see. I mean, always like being outside. That's an easy one. Um, a lot of my stuff is based on like shapes in nature, and not an organic way, and more of a, like a geometric. Yeah. Uh, kind of like seed of life type of type of way. So that's. That's an easy one. Being like being in the water is amazing. That always helps like clear things up, and a lot of stuff will come from that. I don't tend to follow. I mean, I follow on Instagram like a lot of jewelry designers, but that's not where I go yeah. because I tend to get so confused and so like lost in what everyone's doing. And I've tried that before, and I just end up designing as if I like worked for them. Yeah. Um, so I stick with. Uh, I follow a lot of like women entrepreneurs on it, honestly. Awesome. Because I like to see like what they're going through and what their daily kind of struggles are. Because lots of them are like moms or you yeah. know whatever else. Even though I'm not, but so I follow like Molly Guy from Stone Fox Bride. She's an awesome. She's in New York. Um, yeah, I don't know. It comes from such random places. Like I try to get to as many like. I've been loving going to the road. Cool. Yeah. Doing, I think I'm going for my third trip next week. That's awesome. Yep. Um, see what other artists like in the general space are doing. I'm doing a studio visit with uh, ceramicist I know, Ben Mindansky. Um, he's downtown next week. So I try and do stuff like that. Very cool. Yeah. Do you have uh, any rituals or routines? In my life? Yeah. Yeah. Or that kind of. I have to have structure or I fall apart. So that's that's just me. Yeah. Like I know that. I know that about me that if I don't have like I know one, I know that I'm one person. Yes, hundred like percent. I, I can I can absolutely be fully functioning at four o'clock in the morning, no problem. Yeah. Like, Ten o'clock I'm a little Allie kinda hates it. But she's not one person, she gets it. Uh, she chose me, it was her fault. That's <laughs> on you. Right? Yeah, you picked that. Yeah. Uh, but like I know that about me and I feel like if I've gone to eight or nine o'clock and haven't either worked out or like done X amount of things and meditated and dog parked, you know, I feel like yep. I've wasted the day. Totally. So that's that's me. What what's? I'm a little less like organized in that way. Shocker. Um, my problem is I'm such a morning person that I want to do all my favorite things in the morning, <laughs> and then I don't have time to do like. I want to meditate in the morning, I want to surf in the morning, and I want to work out in the morning. And I'd like to get a bunch of work done in the morning, but, I mean, not all of those things yet. So that's, like, my biggest struggle is, like, I want to do all of my hobbies in the morning, oh, no, first I'm, thing. Yeah, no, I can identify that, yeah. for sure. Like, I love getting up and meditating first thing in the morning, but also I would like to go to 5.30 a.m. class yeah. in the morning. And you also like to get in the water. Exactly. And it does help that lately the sun's been coming up later. Yeah. That has yeah, been helping. Get out, get out of the water in, like, 7. Um, so usually, not this week, because I'm so bad about it when I'm sick, but um, I go to Rama, the Kundalini yoga place on Lincoln. Okay. Um, so I do like the weird like like yoga classes. Uh -huh. um, so I do probably 
a 31-minute meditation and a 11-minute meditation to wake up. And then if I'm really lucky, I do try to go to Guru Jagat's class at 8.45. Are all those meditative-based classes? Mm -hmm. Very cool. Because when I was in, I love meditation. It's been a passion of mine since I lived in San Francisco and I first started yoga. And when I lived in Boston, the only meditation class you could kind of get was Sunday nights for an hour. Yeah. And so I loved finding that place because more or less the whole class is meditation. And you can go, there's 10 classes a day, seven days a week. So wow, it's, I mean, awesome. the whole, I mean, Kundalini yoga is more or less a meditation. It's breath work, but. Yeah. Um, so I definitely get some of that in at some point in the day. Okay. Um, like you, a workout has to happen. It has to. Gotta move with intent. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm doing, I did Baldwin Hills today. Roxy. Nice. That's the one I did today. Um, so yeah, something like that has to happen. And sometimes, sometimes I'll double up on it. Way? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just do that top part of the hill. Um, if I'm really lucky, I'll get tea in. I do a tea meditation. Um, and I'll kind of, a lot of times I'll couple that with my uh, kundalini meditation. Okay. Um, do like an hour of ceremonial type stuff. Um, and I do have my crystal bowls over there as well. Do you really? Those? I haven't. My quartz crystal singing bowls. That's awesome. They're connected to each like chakra. That's really cool. They're amazing. I'll play them for you at the end. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I try to I try to do try to do as many of my favorite things in the day as I can. I think we might <laughs> it's never recorded this long. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> Why are you doing this to me? Yeah. So meditation. Yep. Uh, clearly, you like moving. Yes. Uh, is there anything else that is? ritual based, maybe not in the traditional ritualistic sense. So not in the you know, not in the meditation sense, but say yeah. like just a, just an active practice or activity that you do it like uh, I keep a five minute journal. Oh yeah, like daily like morning pages type of thing. Yeah, kinda mm-hmm. like that. I, I do I do two different journals uh, morning and afternoon. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and that's I mean that's a form of meditation itself. That's totally. reflection that's I used to be huge in the morning pages, three pages a day. 30 minutes. Oh, mine's not nearly Straight that. Line. Yeah, no, it is, this is, uh, the five-minute journal is, uh, I, I have kind of a rule of three, mm-hmm. and it's if there are three trusted uh, references to something, I, I gotta check that. Uh, so whether it's a friend, a colleague, uh, someone I follow, or listen to a podcast, yep. or blog, if I, they typically come in threes for me. At least. It's That's because all of life all comes in threes. threes. I know, Let's again. be real. Why do you think <laughs> my collection has so many triangles? Right? But, so it's, it's, it's been my whole life. It's, I've, I've used this rule of three. It's these three. If I can get three trusted references mm-hmm. to something, I'll check it out. I, it's, it's at least worth a little bit of my time to explore. Yeah. Uh, so in the same three days, I had three different mentions of the five-minute journal. Okay. And it's like a, it's a, like a paper sort of book. Yep. And it's, uh, it has a little quote or reflection at the top. Okay. And then an area for you to put a date. And it's really just so it's already structured for you, so you don't have to like, freeform. And then it's three things that you're grateful for, mm-hmm. uh, three things that it would be great if they happened, that ideally you can affect through the purpose. So not things that are out of your control, but if you yeah. can you can affect these things. 
and then uh, like a statement of empowerment or affirmation. And then oh. in the evening, it's three things that were great that happened. Okay. Uh, and then something that could have gone better or done better. Okay. Uh, so it's really simple, and it really five minutes. Yeah. It's, it's five minutes to force yourself to restructure how you look at your day. Amazing. You know. Yeah. And then uh, I've been on a real uh, history kick. I listen to hardcore history, Dan Carlin's podcast. Oh, yeah. And, uh, there's a couple of historical figures uh, with whom I identify as far as their approach to life in general. Ben Franklin is one of them. Uh, kind of a badass dude. And he had the morning address. And his morning address was, what good shall I do this day? Uh, and he, there, there, there are copies of pages of his journal where he would structure out his entire day. And every page at the top was, what good shall I do this day? And morning address. And then at the end, what good have I done this day? So I've done the practice of kind of setting out additional things that are possible and then reflections on that and then like a paragraph underneath of how, how it actually affected the day. Yeah. So it's, it's meditative, but it's not actual meditation. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's kind of a self-imposed force introspection reflection. But do you have any practices kind of like that? Yeah, I mean, so morning pages is like a very similar one to that, except for you have to do three pages, and it has to be total stream of consciousness. There I said, I love it. Yeah, and it's, I loved doing that because it just really clears up the cobwebs. Anything that you like get in your head, like it's not waking up feeling awesome about, it really just like moves that on. And it's writing and typing. Yeah, it has to be handwritten. Okay. I always think that those things, all journals should be handwritten. You know. I've got so many. I've got so many. It goes like, from this to this. Exactly. I think, I yeah. One of these, and then anything that afterwards I feel like deserves to goes in here. Nice. Digital. I do um, voice recordings for that kind nice. of stuff. Yeah. Because you'll have like a thought that I either want to talk about on like a video, or I want to like explore in my blog or whatever, and I'll do a voice recording of that. But yeah, I have a journal for like freeform stuff like that. I have a journal that I take to my meditation class because she does like kind of a 30 minute almost like sermon at the beginning, I okay. guess you could say. So I write down little nuggets from that that I like because that often makes it into my blog as like topics. Um, and then I do one, I do like some tarot stuff. So I have one that's like all like tarot astrology okay. and that kind of thing. So, Excellent. yeah, and so many journals. I love journals. I can, yeah. buy, I can buy so many of them. Right? No, yeah. I, I keep... I always have like a pocket moleskin on me, mm -hmm. uh, and these are the ones that I've ended up. I love those, on. the craft paper yeah, ones. The, they're like so the, good. The kahir, I think it's called. Is it? Uh, yeah, it's, it's got the serrated pages as well, so you can tear oh, things so out. Yeah, uh, and then I have a massive, ongoing note in my iCloud notes. Yep. And it's just the list. Yeah. And it's everything that makes it from the journal, uh, all of the rule of three stuff, and then I have completed from the list. So nice. things that I want to check out or get into and think, and then a reflection on how I interacted with those things. Yeah. And it's everything from movies to watch to blogs to read to just things that I've done or milestones I've accomplished. Otherwise, those, uh, those nuggets of information just go in and out. Right? Yeah. And it's so easy to lose them, and it's remarkable how important they can actually become if you Yeah. Them. Like, I've found notes in my, like, in my phone from mm -hmm. forever ago. It's like, oh yeah, you do have to check out that store or <laughs> that book or that whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. If you love exercises like that, have you done all the artist's way stuff? No. 
Hardest Way. Hardest Way. Check it out. Cool. Hold on. That's it's going like a, down. It's like a workbook type thing. But it's always a good recommendation. Gets you out of your comfort zone. That's where Morning Changes right. comes from. Okay, cool. So once you've got your... Got my own little nuggets. Yeah. Artists. Yeah. Artist Way. Cool. Check it yeah. out. And I think uh, there's two or so workbooks. Nice. Is there Splash? Yeah, absolutely. I, you did once, and I was like, oh, we're doing that. Okay, great. Yeah, I'll do it oh. Just in case. Yeah. It's not quite waterproof yet. Not yet. There we go. That's crystal salmon. So are there any other activities that you put yourself through or engage with that kind of lead to your daily process? Like for me, it used to be coffee, and I still drink coffee, but I only drink coffee on days that I don't uh, teach. Mm. So really weekends. Yeah. Uh, because if I had coffee, I don't fucking hate water. Well, it's, it's, it's me having to, I love kids. I yeah. love interacting with kids. It's, it, it helps me get more creative. Yeah. Uh, and helps me introspect. But if I have coffee, that's kind of like my creative juice, and I can't do them the service that I need to do them as far as a teacher. Yeah. If I'm working on the super <coughs> high functioning creative side. Yeah. So, coffee is for creation for me. That's right. Uh, but I used to do like, you know, walk in, have a coffee, mm -hmm. kind of deal, and uh, so I've weaned myself off. Uh, but it makes the coffee that I get. Now I can splurge. I can spend what I would have in a week on, you know, two like coffees. Or coffee or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, so like I'm obsessed with all like the moon juice potions. I don't know what that is. It's like, so you know what moon juice is? No. Oh, it's the juice place on Rose. So there's one on uh, Rose yeah. down here, and then there's one in Silver Lake. Okay. Same kind of concept as press juicery, okay. but um, Amanda Ch Chantel Bacon. Has like made. Uh, I, I mean, that's what I'm told. Well, that's already amazing, amazing right? Yeah. Um, and it's a raw vegan place, <laughs> so it's even better. But she has, so she has like snacks and tonics and powders and the best protein, like workout protein powder, is what I get from her. What's it? Is it? It's wild. Her own? It's her their own. Yeah, and it's not that expensive. I do the vanilla wild mushroom. Have to check it out. Yeah. Right now we're on the Sun Warrior. Okay. Yeah, it's a vegan. It's a vegan one, so there's no way in it. Gluten free, whole deal. Yeah, it's a brown rice protein. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Then yeah. Allie may not be able to try. Okay. That. Some but people with their with the rice allergy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, either either way, just look at their stuff. Cool. And I do. Um, moon juice. Yeah, moon juice. They sell all sorts of things, both of their own brand and beyond. Um, I love a lot of their like. Cordyceps and chaga mushroom and hoshu powder and that all that kind of crazy stuff. Very cool. Yeah, because my thinking is like, do I really know what it does? I can read the label and I assume that's what it does, but I know it's not bad for me. Like, if this is doing nothing else, it's at least tasty, it's, right? No, it actually tastes horrible. Oh, really? Well, because I put so <laughs> I put so many powders in one thing. Cause it's like I'll make one either coffee or I'll do it in my oatmeal, depending. And all of it, the maca, the, so you know, much. it's so much stuff. So much. But it's hard to find another hot drink to do it with during the day. Yeah, that's fair. You 
know what I mean? And you kind of want it to be getting uh, dead. Like coffee Oh no. I've got like turmeric in my coffee. We do a lot of curries and like uh, Dutch ovens or cast irons, so that's really for most of our our, like extra stuff. I'm triple up on it, so I'm building the coffee too. (laughs) I'm like, this tastes awful, but whatever, I'll chug it down. I don't know if my palate or brain would allow me. Yeah. You want something that'll make you fly high. You do like like the maca, the coffee, the ghee to like throughout the day and like cordyceps. You're gonna spin off your rocker. I feel like that might be a poor choice for me. It's crazy. It's awesome though. I mean, I've already got the ADHD going for me. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Else. Nothing else. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's always fun. Um, add a little, thing, a little wild crafted bee pollen in there too while we're at it. In my fridge. Oh, <laughs> uh, so weird over here. Oh, but that, that just keeps things weird. That is totally. Keep, I rescued a chicken yesterday. No joke. If we're like really gonna give Venice on this best, podcast, that's the best thing you could have just I said. I rescued a chicken and I had to find it. I was a foster, a, a, a chicken foster, chicken foster, foster mom. How did your dog feel? Well, so what happens? I'm in the front yard, and my neighbor, Tim, texted me. He's like, "You better get your dog inside right now. There's a chicken in your yard." Oh my god, what? The chicken had been in his yard all day, and finally it hopped my fence. So I get Roxy inside. We mm-hmm. spent. He made like a funny video of like me trying to catch this chicken. And we can post that later, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, so we catch the chicken, and I have it under my arm. I'm barefoot, and we're walking around our neighborhood trying to figure out who this chicken belongs to. That's awesome. And the guy ended up not wanting it back. What? No, he was what like, he was like, I don't know. We got him, and then they flew away. They have no coop. They have no enclosure. Nothing. I was like, no shit, it flew away. It's a chicken. It's a bird. <laughs> like, it's, it's a bird. It's got wings. It can kind of yeah. a little bit. They can go far. It jumped like eight feet. And he's like, I mean, if you took it, it's not going to break my heart. And I was like, I looked at my neighbor. I was like, okay, so we're just going to take this chicken. So then there's um, the people that own the Hare Krishna Center mm-hmm. over here. They live right over here. So I went to Swami's house. Swami's moving, she can't take the chicken. She's like, go see John down the street. By this point, I'm still barefoot. I'm carrying a chicken. Like, people were laughing at me out of the cars. I know, and I like yelled at this guy. I was like, I know what I look like. (laughs) (laughs) And then I ended up spending 30 minutes at John's house trying to get this chicken acclimated with his two chickens. And like, so I've got to text John later tonight and see how it's going with the the pecking pecking order, yeah. It's, that's, that's what I love about living here, you know? And most of the people on my block work from home, so it's like, we are all interacting, like, all day long, yeah, which is really nice. That's really cool. Yeah. And then you can do things like, and they promised me eggs, since I rescued the chicken. Now I get eggs. That's not a bad deal at all. No, it's not a bad deal at all. So, I love it. I love living here. That sentence, uh, that kills me. Mm -hmm. Uh, still recording? Video? Or is it, eh, it's hate, is it's it hating us? I think it's just not built for this such such a thing. Maybe there's a setting somewhere. Yeah. I clearly just don't know how to use it, <laughs> to be honest with you. It does my like few things a day I need it to do. That's fine. <coughs> so. So, uh, we can keep going for as long as we want. Yeah, I mean, what else do you kind of, what are you curious about when it comes to I guess. Uh, I'd really love to know when you're when you're making your pieces. 
I mean, what is that process like? I mean, I'm sure it's different from piece to piece. Yeah. But I, I, like I, I, there's a, a woodworking collective downtown mm-hmm. uh, called Off the Saw, and it's really rad. A uh, bunch of vintage uh, cast iron, big uh, power tools to use. And, yeah. Uh, I've, I've done hand tools and sm- small hand tools and basic power tool stuff that I've never gotten to use. Like, I've never gotten to build a piece of wood before. And it's it, fun, right? Which is fucking Yeah. Rad. And, uh, you know, I, I've done basic carpentry, but they do fine wood. Okay. So it's a, an opportunity to kind of broaden my horizons and get more into my hobby. Uh, and one of the people that has been going to the various workshops that I've been attending, she is an Egyptologist okay. and uh, an archaeologist, and she's in the PhD program at UCLA. And she, wow. in order to get a better understanding and finish her PhD, she has been taking various classes on the traditional tools like and working skills and trade skills. Yeah. So she went to she, she took a bronze forging class and uh, an iron and metal working class mm. and she's doing woodworking for that and she's so cool. Uh, like she created some bronze metal working tools and the bronze the bronze workers are like uh, they wouldn't have used those. Uh, they they dent and Break too easily. And she's like, I actually have the data that says they do. Uh, <coughs> might not be effective, but it's what they yeah. use. Like, I, I don't want to figure out how to do that. So uh, that's clearly getting really involved in your passion. Totally. Uh, so, you know, how how hands on uh, is your production process like? So it used to be like far more like I was hand forming each cup and that kind of stuff. And I so loved that. It is super time consuming, especially when I was only doing like silver. And it wasn't, it's not like I was doing like custom stuff in gold at that point and kind of like the time versus cost kind of weighs out. (coughs) So the stance I've kind of taken up on it is that like I obviously design everything and I'm super involved in like doing the samples and tweaking things like that. And then my role after it comes back to me is to kind of infuse it with all like the juju before I send it out, if that makes sense. It does. Like, I just want people to have wear my stuff and feel really positive about it. Um, Not that I think that they're getting the confidence from that piece, but they're maybe reminded of the confidence by wearing the piece, because that's not obviously what confidence and like good juju comes from. But I feel like if they know, if they buy something from me, like I obviously like, clear the energy and do all this woo-woo stuff with it so that you're getting something that's like really high vibration and filled with a lot of love like that's why I love doing like just like stupid stuff like the shipping it has nothing to do with design it has nothing to do with creation of the piece but that's the last thing that I get to touch before they get the package yeah so when I can do the shipping on days like today I'm kind of jazzed about it how do I yeah I mean I do like hand stamped bags and then tissue and cards and if it has certain stones in it I put certain cards with it so people know the meanings of the stones and I kind of see like my stuff as an introduction for people to some of that more woo-woo kind of like new agey type of thing like they may not be buying my huge crystal necklace but they buy like the chakra necklace whether or not they know what a chakra is of course 
you know? So I feel and like- And some of your stuff is now being carried by Nordstrom, right? Yeah, Nordstrom yeah. and Free People would Very be the cool. two biggest retailers right now. Yeah, so I mean, you're getting yeah. some exposure. Yeah, exactly. And I think there's like- Fucking cool. Yeah, people want, first of all, people want stuff made locally. People want things that like have a story they want things that are made like with intention and love and sent to them with intention and love. Yes. Whether absolutely. it's a plated piece of jewelry or a custom ring. Yes. Yeah. My pen. Oh yeah, right? it's beautiful. <laughs> I was like, I don't need to write anything just to sound cool. <laughs> yeah. So like stuff like that. People want to buy that cool is a stuff. US made milled steel pen. Yeah. That's and I awesome. mean like even when you open it, go ahead and try and open it. It's a, uh, you know. Yeah. It's like a cartridge. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it, it's a Fisher Space Pen uh, actual insert with the refill. Oh, okay. So you can write in water, up and down, the whole deal. Uh, but one of the things that inspired this, the podcast, meeting these creative types is, uh, like, I have a process when I purchase, and that is it has to meet certain criteria. Yep. It has to be, if not made local, I'd like it the idea to be made by someone in the U.S. Yep. I would like to promote craftsmanship inside the place where I live. Not that there isn't merit to outside of the U.S. Totally. Uh, but I want to better affect my economy mm-hmm. in that way. Uh, and you know, my my grandfather was a worker and cabinet maker here in the U.S. So it's, like, it's that kind of thing that yeah. you want to perpetuate. Uh, is it something that I could end up passing down? Yeah. You know, is it something that I'm going to dispose of? Mm-hmm. I don't want it then. I want it yeah, to last. Exactly. Uh, and then, uh, is it then? It clearly, has to be aesthetically pleasing as well. Mm-hmm. So it, it kind of has to fit those three criteria. And what's cool about your stuff is all of those are notched. Yeah, I mean, obviously, even though I'm not making all the stuff by hand anymore, like an extreme. They're I mean, not. Com- I, they're not just randomly computer generated. No. Designs and images. No. Yeah, and I don't them. pick from like stock stock things, I create, I'd say 95% of all my stuff is original castings That's with awesome. stuff I design, which sucks because it's expensive, but is awesome because I own that casting now and it's no one else at the manufacturer can use it. Um, but yeah, I like, I feel like my job is to design and promote the, honest, but like, the positivity in which it's made with, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know? Because there's only one of me, so I do have to pick and choose what I can do. Of course. You know? Um, you have to be a good listener and know it too. Yeah. Because I love the people that actually physically made myself. I mean, Ron, who sets like all my like engagement custom stuff, is, I mean, they came from the Philippines. They've been doing this for like, Ever. He's like so talented. That's cool. And it's cool to support those kinds of people. Of course. So if I'm not gonna make it myself, then at least like I'm supporting I'm supporting a really awesome family business that treats me like family You're and supporting another craftsman. Yeah, exactly. You're supporting someone who does a really good job of what they do. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's nice to be able to at least source out the You got that so I stopped by there. <laughs> it's fun, right? Yeah, it's really fun. Yeah. Uh, that was when I first got it. Exactly. Yeah, you're you're at least sourcing the production means that you have to someone who deserves to produce that particular product. Because I feel like 
I get bogged down in the production sometimes. I lose, like, I love being creative in all ways. And if I get too bogged down in the very specific jewelry aspect of it, I am not nearly as productive and not nearly as happy. And I like to do all sorts of different things like create content or, you know, do sculpture or do whatever else. I like to really spread out and, and passing that off to someone more talented than I am that I love supporting has been allowed me to do that kind of stuff. And as an artist, I feel like, uh, I could be wrong, <coughs> artist, I feel like that's, uh, you're taking the ego out of it. Yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, I hope so, but. Yeah, but I mean, you're, you're, you're acknowledging that someone is doing something better than you. Totally. Further your product so that yeah. it is the best possible piece that your client can then own and have. Yeah. And that's huge. That's, that's definitely taking yourself out of the equation. Yeah. And it's already more intentional because. Thanks. Appreciate yeah, that. You're welcome. I like that spin on it. That's, that's, that's how I look at yeah, it. Yeah, so. that's great. I like that. I'm glad that's how you see it. Yeah. Because some people are sometimes like disappointed that I'm not the one physically making it anymore. But I think anyone that's like spent any time running their own business of anything realizes that like there's no way to design all of it, produce all of it, ship all of it, do all the invoicing. It's not possible. Absolutely cannot do all yeah. of it. Yeah. So you got to pick and choose. And, that, and one of the things that I've noticed through blogs and interviews and conversations and podcasts, etc., is the more successful your company becomes, not the less of you is in it, but sometimes the less you get to do every single aspect. Right. Because just because you're successful, you have to outsource these things, ideally to capable, talented individuals. Yeah. And so it's not always the case. Right. But that's uh, the intention. That's the intention. Yeah. Which. I, I'm hoping not to have conversations, at least in this podcast, with anybody who isn't doing something like that. Yeah. I mean, and that, and the flip side of that is, maybe not flip side, but the other side of it is that, so I'm slowly, like, hiring people like now, and an intern to help me and all that kind of stuff, but I'm hoping that she, that I'm infusing her with the excitement and the passion that I have for all of these projects, so that when, she, if she's doing the shipping that day, she's sending those boxes out with equally as good juju as I would. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just everything is done with love and like super intention. How did you pick your intern? She was the first woman I applied and she really? was so organized. Yeah, and so I met her and I was like, yeah, this will work perfectly. She's far more organized than I am. Nice. So it worked out really well. That's and we had like a good rapport. Cause it's weird having someone in, in your house working, you know? just the two of us like that could go really wrong really quickly absolutely um yeah but yeah. I just I felt like she was really capable and I'm not very much I'm an awful micromanager like I'm not interested in doing that and so I need someone that like I can tell them and they can figure out their own way to do it and I'm like I don't care how you get this done this task just get it done in a way that's like good yeah and figure out your own process so absolutely. she was able to do that uh, so, <coughs> one of the questions that I've been asking towards the end, uh, and has seemed like a kind of natural ending or close to wrapping up point, mm -hmm. there's some good problems well past. But, uh, and I'll preface this so it's clear from my conversation and just knowing you, yeah, uh, and what you produce that you don't really do anything without intent, right? And that's. And it, sh it shouldn't be, 
you know, but in in the in the place we live, just in general, it's it's easy to get wrapped up in being quick and quick turnarounds and yeah. outsourcing, etc. So the fact that there's so much intention in what we do is is unique. It's one of the reasons we're having this conversation. Uh, clearly, you understand and appreciate and care about the effect you have on the people with which you interact. Definitely. If you had the ability to broadcast one message, and you don't have to, it can be like 10 minutes now, you can you can shoot me a call in like a week and yeah. I can add it in, what would your message be? Like it could be, you know, Three to six sentences? I mean, I should just go with the first thing that came to me, right? Go for it. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so I think it kind of harkens back to what we were talking about at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I think people just need to make space. Okay. Because we're so good at busying ourselves, and I'm so guilty of this as well, yeah. that how is anyone supposed to know what they're supposed to be doing or what makes them happy or what their hobbies are if they're not like making the mental and emotional space for it? You know, like it's, it's hard even to do, if I have my to-do list like a mile long in the day, it's hard to do all the things I need to do with intent and like send out that jewelry with like the highest vibration if I don't like have the space for it. Yeah. And I think meditation is, you know, a good, a good way to do that. And that, and meditation doesn't work for everybody, but maybe, you know, it's tea because that's like an active meditation, maybe surfing, but people just it don't like, yeah make space in general and be okay with like nothingness and be okay with like so difficult. Yeah. It's so difficult. So we I think and I'm guilty of this too, is being uncomfortable like in your own skin and thus you take on all the appointments and the this and the that because if you're busy you can't think about those things. Really easy to get busy because it's a distraction. Yeah. Yeah. You you then don't have the ability or time yeah. to reflect and mm-hmm. respect. So I think, because I feel like, uh, like, while I want to tell everyone, be more creative. How? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, like, how that's such like a nonsense thing to say because, like, people that don't feel creative at all are like, but I'm not creative. Okay, but everyone's creative to a certain extent. Yeah. And you have to make space for it and be like okay with things being like ugly and messy and not right. But that's real. Yeah. But I feel like making space like a co- like surrounds all of that. Absolutely. Or yeah. make more space. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, as far as meditation goes, like I use an app. I use Headspace. Oh yeah. Do you like it? Uh, I love it. Nice. Uh, I've heard good things. Yeah. The, the CEO and the founder are both parents at my school. Oh no way. Yeah. Oh uh, cool. And Andy is uh, giving the ending keynote of South by Southwest right now. He actually nice. came and did a guided meditation at like a parent night. What's his, I mean, this may is not podcast program, but what's his background? Like, how did he come up with Headspace? Uh, he was a monk. Okay, he, that, that he, works. Yeah, he left, <laughs> uh, he's, uh, he was from the UK, and yeah. in his 20s, I think, I, I could be wrong, I think it was his early 20s, uh, he decided to go be a monk, <laughs> just do it, and Love he it. did it he, uh, for several years, I think. Uh, I don't remember, recall all the details, uh, but yeah, he became a main monk. Uh, yeah. came back and, and started it. And, that's awesome. Uh, 
wildfire for them then, yeah. if that's his like first kind of thing. It, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot more to the story. Yeah. I haven't gotten the whole story. Uh, maybe I'll talk to him one day. So uh, tell me a little bit about it. So do we need to bring the mic over there? Up to you. I bet it, I mean, they're loud, so it might be okay there, but yeah, it's totally up to you. I'm just going to move it over this way and face it towards you. And are you cool if I take a couple of pictures as well? Yeah, go for it. So I don't have, you can have like sets of like so many of these. Um, I, I set the reminders. That's my headspace reminders. Oh my you, it gives you little uh, little bits of it's talking to you. Yeah, it talks to you. Um, so each one is attached to chakras. Okay. So you can have a bunch of different ones. I only did like a set of three. So I have sacral 
throat, third eye. Um, and have you, do you, have you ever been to the Jambertron in, in Joshua Tree? No. That's a stop for you. Yeah. yeah, so it's a sound bath. Okay. This is what you use for a sound bath. Okay. So you lay down in like Shavasana, mm -hmm. and the Jambertron, and she plays like, she has like, or they do, they have like zillions of bowls. And you lay there for 30 minutes, they do the bowls for 30 minutes, That's and then so they cool. do, like they do a CD. So they've found that if they do the bowls for like a whole hour, people literally don't get up. <laughs> so they only do the bowls for 30 minutes. Okay. Um, I mean, yeah, why don't I explain it? And you can tell me what you think about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I'll do each one individually so you can kind of. contact or is that something you want me to post? She does. You can just put it in the show notes yeah, if you want. Yeah, absolutely. Um, TiffanyWendell.com. Um, my sister Tracy does, uh, she's an amazing painter. Okay. So TracyRocca.com. Um, she's in a few galleries as well. And my sister Carrie's just like a general artist, so we can just post a link to some of her stuff as absolutely. well. Absolutely. So yeah, I come from a crazy little family of artists. Tiffany, well. Tracy, and Carrie. C-A-R-E-Y. Um, but other than that, I think my Snapchat these days and my YouTube channel are probably the best way to like keep up to date with all the things that are happening. Um, I try to do like the Cam Cam, which is my like daily vlog show. Um, you have an excellent. Yeah, it's 
in the works, man. It's, you know, as we talked about, it's vulnerable. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's revealing. It's fantastic. The cam-cam. Uh, the cam-cam. <laughs> What a goofball. <laughs> right? I love it. I like said it and I like I think it's in the first or second episode where I'm like, is this just fucking stupid? No, it's awesome. I was like, but it's here and now everything's titled that, so yeah. it's there. Uh, and are there any <coughs> uh, are there any other people and or artists, et cetera, that you wanna give a shout out to or plug? I mean, yeah, we should link to Mindansky, who who I was saying I'm visiting his studio earlier. That's something people, I mean, his work is. You said, uh, name again? I'll have to spell it for you, because I have to look it up to spell it. Okay, no worries. But his first name is Ben. Ben M, but. Ben M. It'll go, yeah. it'll go in these notes, and then it'll go in the end notes. Yeah. Um, and Molly Guy from Stone Fox Bride, I think for women entrepreneurs, she's pretty transparent, and she's a mom of two, and kind of she talks pretty openly about her journey. Um, and she lives in New York City, so. Love that. Um, yeah, if I think of anything else. Cool, yeah, show notes and yeah. blog is what it'll go into. Yeah. Cool. And people haven't checked out the artist way in general. If, yeah, I'm guessing if people are, like, listening to your stuff, they're going to want to check out the artist way. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Got to get the listeners first, right? I mean, got to get viewers <laughs> and check out I'm with you. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank cool. you so much. Of course. Thank you. Yeah.